live from the William Hill Sportsbook at Silver 7's Hotel and Casino, it's Cofield and Company. Yeah, 4 o'clock hours here, kickoff for Thursday Night Football. In a little over an hour right now, three-point spread. Niners favorite on the road against the reeling Titans, beat-up Titans. Derek Henry list Titans. 77-cent beers once a game kicks off. Bud, Bud Light, McUltra bottles at both of the bars here at Silver 7s on Flamingo. And Paradise Candies here, Finley Toyota Studios. Ari is manning the ship. Let's do it. Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents the Big Five at Four, number five. You know, I got to come out here in the Big Five and mention, for me, celebrities on opposite ends of the spectrum. First of all, good announcement earlier in the day today. The Raiders. Uh, halftime, check that. Pre-game show. Pre-game show. One of my favorites. Dion Warwick. Let's do it. Quoted here as saying, I am definitely Miss Raider Nation. How about that? Now, on the flip side of that, Boy, oh boy, a guy that I am not happy with. I don't think I like. I thought I liked him. Now I don't. Actually, I didn't like him because he was uh, very pro-Capitals. I don't care if he's been a Capitals fan his entire life, but you remember that back in the Stanley Cup. Sajak got all froggy, insulted all of you VGK fans. And now, I mean, he's just, he's gone off the edge here. Listen to, I mean, can we just give out the prizes and not be the rules are, Sajak? What are you doing is the category. You have 10 seconds to try to talk it out. Good luck. Choosing the right card. Choosing the right. Word. You know, this one's tough because you, you said all the right words, including the word word. But as you know, it's got to be more or less continuous. We'll, we'll allow for a little pause, but not four or five <laughs> seconds. I'm sorry. You did a good job in getting it, but, but we can't give you the prize. And it was the Audi. Oh, oh, man. oh my God. She was going to win a car? What do, you, what do you mean she didn't get it? She got it. Candy? You knew this would cut right to my core. That's why this is the top why, story. Why, in why is that? Five, why right? is that? Why? You knew this would cut right to the core of me having stood in the same spot as that woman and heard those helpless tones while you're being embarrassed on national television because you can't solve the puzzle. You were on Wheel of Fortune. I was on Wheel of Fortune. I was on Wheel of Fortune. I won the regular game. I made it to the bonus round. I got an impossibly hard puzzle, and you know what? I got one of the two words. And when we were done, Pat Sajak said to me, I wish I could give you half the prize. You got one of the two words. And I thought, well, you're in charge here, Pat. Give me the money. So this woman (laughs) just caught a bad break because she actually got all the words right. I, I feel terribly for her. Should I feel terribly for her, Cofield? Yes, I think America should be on her side and against Sajak. I mean, Pat was overall a nice guy. He, 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 was, he was fine to talk to. Um, he told me that I have the voice he always wanted. Um, and I said to him, Pat, we'll do lessons. He loved it. Loved it! Sajak and I making jokey jokes. Didn't get me the money, but we had a good time. Uh, Audi, that was the car available, actually tweeted, you're a winner in our eyes, Charlene. Now let's get you a prize. Time to give her the Q3. 
What? Uh, Sajak got destroyed on social media, and it looks like they've reversed the decision. Candy, if there was only social media oh, at this stop. level, you would have got all that money. So I was I was playing for thirty five thousand dollars, by the way, in oh. that bonus round. Thirty five thousand dollars can't get that around Lotus, can you? So here I am trying to win thirty five large. I should have gone home with seventeen five. Where's Twitter outrage for me? Where's my help? What should I call the Federal Reserve? Who's in charge of the money? You can contact Audi when you lose a car. Who do I call? So true. It wasn't Wheel of Fortune that stepped up and reversed the decision, I think. The, no, the, it was not. Yeah, yeah. They're it sticking was, to their guns. No, it was not Wheel of Fortune. By the way, Wheel of Fortune sent me to a lovely ski resort in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, as one of my prizes for what I did win on the show. And the people at the, uh, at the Bentwood Inn, yes, I'm calling you out, Bentwood Inn, in Jackson, Wyoming, the ownership changed hands from the time that they decided to put their in on Wheel of Fortune to when I went, and the new people had no interest in me being there in the middle of ski season. They put us in the servants' quarters. They put us in the servants' quarters, and I tried to call the Wheel of Fortune prize people like, what are you talking about? Why, why can't I have a regular room at this fancy bed and breakfast? Because we Stop. looked... No, I'm serious. We walked up to the room. We looked around. And we're like, this one wasn't on the website. I don't remember this room. And then I had to go down and argue with the guy. He still wouldn't put us in a new room. Then we were supposed to get excursions. Fun excursions. All I wanted to do was the dog sledding. Just let me dog sled. I had to fight for dog sledding. The guy and I were like negotiating over numbers. So Wheel of Fortune owed me just a little bit more than I ultimately got here and thank you. That's my Festivus a day late to Pat Sajak and Wheel of Fortune. Number four. Running Rebels win another game last night. Four straight, eight and five coming out of the non-con. Beat the teams they were supposed to beat. Fell against the teams that they were dogs against. The Wichita State loss still stings because they had a big lead and they could have, should have won that game. Meanwhile, halfway across the country, TJ Otzelberger what the hell is happening, Candy? Nothing bad. In fact, it's, it's that's the him. crazy part for <laughs> yeah, Iowa State, it's, right? It's good for him. You get a big transfer. And look, you got to give the coach credit, right? You still got the transfer. And so they are the number nine team in the country right now. Something that TJ Otzelberger never even sniffed in his time in Las Vegas. They're undefeated. They're 11-0. And granted, they've played a whole lot of nobody, but you know what? There were times here at UNLV where they played a whole lot of nobody, and they weren't 11-0. So TJ Otzelberger and Chris Beard, both former UNLV coaches, asterisk, with teams in the top 25 in the Big 12. Amazing. Simply amazing. Why didn't it ever happen here, Cofield? Why can't we have nice things? Why can't we have the good TJ Otzelberger? Otz had on-the-job training and went through a year last year that I think woke him up to what college basketball is now, right? Certainly looks like it with what the roster he assembled and how he assembled it in yep. Ames. Well, he made the mistake here. I think you listen to a lot of people who were like, oh, you know, you need a team here that the, the community can grow with and get a lot of young guys and build from within. Like, that's not college basketball anymore. And they went through a year last year where Bryce Hamilton wasn't healthy. They got smaller and smaller and less athletic throughout the year. 
they didn't dip into the high-level transfer market, you know, next year, Otz was like, hey, I got to win right now. And that's that's every coach when you come in within reason. But at Iowa State, you can get players and transfers. At UNLV, you can get players and transfers. That's the new game now. No one's going to give you three and four years, and certainly the competition in the Mountain West ain't going to give you that because they're all playing the transfer game. Number three. We talked about Joe Burrow about 15 minutes ago, some weird conversation with Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk, and uh, their podcast and their TV show, uh, Peacock, and Miles Simmons was in on it. They were talking about Burrow <laughs> looking like what Macaulay Culkin is supposed to look like. Anyway, put that aside. Um, the Bengals are not having big COVID issues, and Joe Burrow has an explanation or a theory. You know what? I, I endorse Joe Burrow's theory. I do. Joe Burrow said that they're not having COVID issues in Cincinnati because there's no nightlife. Guys aren't going out. They're not commingling. They're not meeting people and imbibing because there's nothing to do in Cincinnati. So, Cofield, I have a question for you. Why haven't the Raiders had more problems then? We got a, we got a lot of nightlife here, don't we? Don't we have a lot of ways for guys to get in trouble? Yep. Yeah, I- interesting. Kind of goes back to when we had... Uh, Good old Twitter lawyer Andrew Brandt, uh, former Packer GM, talking uh, earlier about how obviously we're, we're on to something here because Ruggs and Arnett both flaming out in Vegas. The Vegas knife life is going to get all of them. I feel like Joe Burrow is giving us just another piece of that kind of crap from the yep. other side. I, it's just the other side it. of it. Yep. It's perfect. This is what we've talked about for 25 years plus about college recruiting as well that well, you know, the kids will get in trouble. It's dangerous to go to Las Vegas, and then you see all over the country in small cities. You can get in trouble anywhere. You know, if uh, if you lack character at times and you have decision-making issues, you can get in trouble. Now, now here's the thing. Is the COVID spread now because of something people are doing wrong? No, I don't think it is at all. We've talked about that repeatedly, that this Omicron appears to be much harder to avoid than – what we've seen previously, whether you're vaccinated, whether you're boosted, that doesn't mean everybody just go out and get it. No, we're not talking about that. We're just saying that it's much less about did you make good or bad decisions in terms of where did you go? In terms of were you out in a store? Were you out at a restaurant, etc.? Yeah, there are levels of risk involved here. But let's go back to Joe Burrow talking about nightlife for a second because, man, I... I remember when Pac-Man Jones was having a pretty hard time of things in Cincinnati, Steve, don't you? Touche. That's a good point. He he can get in trouble anywhere. Pac-Man can find a way. And uh, and when we had the old Bengals, the old Marvin Lewis Bengals, where it was problem after problem after problem, we didn't have Joe Burrow talking about there being no nightlife in Cincinnati. Number two. Candy, very happy to punch holes in the we're a wholesome city. Okay. I hate that crap. I, I know. I know. It's, it's total nonsense. All right. You uh, you posed a good question. Set up a good discussion with one Miles Simmons, so let's continue it. What should Raiders fans want? Do you make a run to the playoffs with a 3-0 and close, maybe a miracle, get some help with a 2-1 and close? You get into the playoffs at the back end. You get booted early. What's better, that? Slight turn of the corner, you finally made it. Or just worrying about maxing out your draft picks. 
I know that nobody in Vegas wants to hear this because they just watched John Gruden and Mike Mayock, uh, let's just say Lulu away, like Miles said, the draft picks over the last few years with the Raiders, right? They just watched this whole idea of tear down Khalil Mack, tear down Amari Cooper, get first round picks and become a better team. And uh, that, that didn't happen. So now you have a team that is ranked overall 21st by Pro Football Focus, uh, is surrounded by other 7-7 seven and seven teams like the Broncos, who have their own issues about moving forward, and the Miami Dolphins, who I don't know if they're the team that went 1-7 or the team that went 6-0. and But the Raiders are in no man's land. They're that place you never want to be in the NFL. You either want to be elite and succeeding, or you want to be getting top draft picks. And the Raiders have done neither. And here we are, stuck with a team that might be good, on occasion is good, but really hasn't played well at home in front of the fans, haven't given the fans here anything to be excited about. We know that there have been empty seats in the Al all year long. So if I'm a Raiders fan right now, and I'm sitting here watching this 7-7 seven and seven team, you know what I'm saying? I don't care if you make the playoffs. Because the future of this franchise is in getting a better draft situation, is in making better decisions in free agency post-John Gruden. It's about rebuilding this team. And I know you don't want to hear it, but look at the roster. Zero pro bowlers on offense. One of your pro bowlers on defense is a guy you traded for in training camp who is an aging veteran. This roster is not ready to win. You're not the Broncos. You can't just go add a quarterback to this roster. You're not ready to win. And think about what it takes if you want to trade up in the draft five or six spots. It takes a lot of draft capital just to move up in the first round. Well, you know how you can do that right now? You can do that right now by playing some guys for the future. I know no one wants to hear it. After this season in particular, with everything they've fought through, they feel like they want to be rewarded with a playoff berth. And I can't argue that for guys who are competitive, who are professional athletes. But for the best, best of this franchise moving forward, that ain't it. Number one. I don't agree. I actually think that the Raiders can add one of the big boy quarterbacks who is available and become a 10 or 11 win team. And when they do that, they can also leverage, because they're going to have to give up a bunch of picks, they can leverage the desire around the league for a starting quarterback with Derek Carr and get draft picks back that way. To me, that's the plan. And it, and it's going to, listen, it's if they do it, it's going to be weird because they got to get management in place. And... This will be much worse than what Tua went through and the way Tua took it, right? Remember, Tua was sitting there for like a month, and he's like, wait, am I the guy or not? Am I the future or not? While they were playing around with Deshaun Watson, this will unfortunately play out public if they make a run, Candy, at Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers or Deshaun Watson, which is that one's a little trickier. I just I don't think the Raiders roster is so bad that they need to sit on the sidelines and watch. Imagine this. And sit there and watch the Broncos and the Steelers. Because I think those are the two most likely teams that will get super aggressive to get Rodgers, Watson, or Wilson. The Raiders are just going to sit there and allow two other AFC rivals get one of the top seven quarterbacks in the NFL. I can't stand for that. If the quarterback was the problem, then I would agree with you, Steve. But the quarterback's not the problem. You heard Ryan Harris, a Broncos guy, come on here earlier and say Derek Carr is a top ten quarterback in the league and you have him for next year on what's an under-market contract. So if you're Aaron Rodgers or you're Russell Wilson, Cofield, why would you come here and play behind this offensive line? 
This offensive line is an absolute disaster other than Colton Miller. Andre James has improved this year. I'll give him that much. But they haven't been settled at any of the other three spots. Are you going to risk your life behind that offensive line? If I'm Rodgers, if I'm Wilson, I'm sure as hell not. It's the Big Five at Four. Brought to you by Battleborn Injury Lawyers. 570-9000. It's here. Something Claus. Good SNL bit a while back. Candy, Cofield, Ari. Ari was just uh, telling me down the line, we have someone calling in, I guess about something we mentioned earlier in the hour. Who's up on the phone line? What's up, guys? Willie? Well, you know, the day after Festivus, (laughs) <laughs> I heard something. I heard you talking earlier. It's the day after Festivus, and I said, "Let me combine a bunch of grievances. Come on, do some storytelling from while well, I'm live at the Perfect Gym." So what's happening? What uh, what struck a chord that I mentioned earlier? Of course. Well, I thought I'd come on and uh, talk a little Dion Warwick. You mentioned how she's going to be the pregame entertainment with the Raiders game. Yes. on Sunday, and and no one has better Dion Warwick stories. Well, other people do, but uh, Willie knows of Dion Warwick stories. First of all, Willie, because you and I have talked about this a little bit on yeah. the late night podcast months and months and months ago, and I I really didn't know about any of this stuff. I got here in in '96, but I mean, she has serious, serious, serious ties to Las Vegas. Well, yeah, she's been a performer in town for a long time. Um, been around town. She, she knows she, she's been in and around the, the lounge act. She, you know, in terms of like going to the old school lounge shows, especially, you know, Top of the Dunes and the Sahara, back when those were the places to be. I mean, back in the day, the headliners, the Rat Pack even, they would show up to the lounge shows and they would jump on stage with the lounge shows and perform Top of the Dunes and, like I said, at the Sahara when Rickles would do the Sahara. So Warwick's been around for a long time. Dion, uh, you know, and she, she headlined herself. But, you know, she had a love interest in this town. Yeah. She, uh, she was dating Gianni Russo, the actor who portrayed Carlo in Godfather 1. Right, right, right. Uh, he was obviously known for beating up Marlon Brando's daughter in the in the movie, and Sonny in the famous scene pulls up, finds him doing some bookmaking on the on the street corner, chases him across the street, beats him up for beating up his sister, and uh, and then turns rat. And Michael at the end of the or near the end of one uh, gets revenge. But anyway, Dion was a love interest to his, and they were dating, and they were they would go around town and they hit the clubs and. One of them would be uh, was of course Jubilation, and the brewery. But Gianni Russo owned State Street, which was on State Street, um, out just on the outskirts of on the border of the Commercial Center. So that's right off for people for people new to the area. That's East Sahara, and yeah. uh, you know it's probably seen its better days. Still a lot of businesses in there, but they had 
They had a he did he had a lounge and like a club there. Yeah, so he well he had a restaurant, a restaurant. State Street okay. restaurant right. on one side, and then the nightclub on the other. <laughs> it was a big big club. It, it wasn't really a club. It was more. It was like this big room with a bar and a DJ booth in the back. It was just a big open space. It was more so like you could you could host banquets or a wedding there, and then you'd have the the restaurant next door. You go next to you know you're at the restaurant because the restaurant had a stage. Almost like a speakeasy. Johnny would get up and perform. Dion would get up and perform. But as we've talked about on late night podcast, cool. yeah. and our and our and our good friend Smoking Dave Koken brought up, they those two were notorious for having some knockdown, dragged out arguments in the facility. So it would actually go. It would go down in front of people. Just. Yeah, I, and crazy, I'm not huh? talking physical altercations. Yeah, so I'm yeah, not just, glorifying just, anything like that. But they would just argue and yeah. get into, you know, just get into arguments and stuff. But she was definitely part of the night scene in and around town, like I said. And she's, yeah. she's a, you know, she was a wonderful person who just was a part of the, the, the fabric, if you will, of that old school 70s and 80s Las Vegas. And, and obviously still, you know able to perform and, and she's going to do, I think, I think she's taking the, the stage there below the torch. I, I want to say twelve fifteen, So about 45 yeah. minutes before kickoff or, or no, this one starts at one twenty five. So a uh, little over an hour before kickoff, she'll be, uh, she'll be up there performing. So it's a touch of old Vegas, uh, someone who performed up and like I said, up and down the strip lounges, um, little speakeasies around town. So it'll be a, a welcome to old Vegas flair with whatever she brings to the to the owl. Willie, I freaking love this, and I hope it's like you've seen how much they've mixed the entertainment, right? You know, connections to yeah. the Bay Area, connections to you know younger people. I freaking love. I hope they keep this in mind moving forward with some of the entertainment. Uh, always think about old Vegas. Absolutely, I would love to see them bring in an impersonator like one of the original impersonators who I know I've mentioned before, Bobby Anderson, who <laughs> yeah. Danny Gans actually got his stuff from. Okay, I would love to see them bring him in and then actually bring and then do all old Vegas, like do Frank, do uh, Sammy, do Dean, and do old Vegas. So here's your here's one of the original singing impressionists on stage doing old Vegas just off the strip. In front of the Lanai doors. That would be awesome. Willie, thanks for being a good sport yesterday on Festivus. Have a good holiday. And then uh, you and I are back together on Monday as we'll be uh, live at Twin Peaks for Monday Night Football. Thanks for surprising us. Thanks for calling in. All right, Steve. All right, Adam. You guys have a good Christmas. Talk to you later. There he is. You're a restaurant guy. You're a restaurant guy. Would you have loved to have uh, kept up with your family tradition and opened a restaurant or bar here? Could you have done it? Oh, God, no. In this town? No way. <laughs> Why not? And try to compete with the strip? No. No, thank you. Like, that was like there, 70s, There's 80s, a reason 70s, our independent well, right, restaurant. You wouldn't have been there's around reason, 70s and 80s. There's a reason our independent restaurant scene is yeah. not really the same as other towns the size of Las Vegas because the behemoth of the strip is very difficult to keep up with. Daily happy hour starts at 3 with beers, well drinks, and margaritas just 277. There's just one f***ing thing that worries me If it doesn't snow on Christmas 
house fat is gonna use that sleigh in case of rain would there be a train that'll speed him on his way if it doesn't snow this christmas house fat ass get around to us say he breaks down on his way to town would they let him use a bus Back to Cofield and Company. Doesn't get more festive than that, right, Adam Candy? Oh, God. I, I'm feeling all for clemped. <laughs> Choked up. Oh. Memories. Uh, speaking of emotional, Ari had a rough day yesterday on mm. Festivus. Yeah. I hope he's okay. I hope he's okay. It was I'm constructive criticism, Ari. Never been better. Actually, I, I think you had a good day. Uh, really did. We had some moments coming from inside the house, as uh, Candy put it, where uh, Justin Watkins set a tone and was like, hey, stop getting on this guy. Stop busting Ari's chops. Yeah, that's uh, last year. I believe he said that you uh, that I needed to get tougher because Steve, you know, you got to get tough yeah. around these yeah. guys. And then this year, all of a sudden, it's uh, Steve's got to back down a little yeah. back off. Trying to make us look bad. It's my grievance with you, Justin. Um, I will make an accusation right now based on the fact that uh, we had at least a couple callers who were talking about Ari. We used to stream video a lot more when we were all together in studio. Maybe that will come back in 2022. But uh, people noticed that there was a bald spot, kind of a developing monk spot in the back on Ari. And uh, it was mentioned again yesterday, Candy, and I can tell you that really burned him. Uh-oh. Ari, do you want to defend yourself? Do you want to violate the spirit of Festivus? By coming on here and defending yourself, go for it. I, I think that rule only only applies on the day of as it's going on. Oh, here we go, Adam Hill. I'll go make, make it, up the rules. No, I will, make, I will make an exception to do this only because, as I said in the rundown, like I don't have much going for me, okay? Especially physically. Um, you know, I'm not known for my oh, big buddy. muscles and whatnot. The one thing I have for my age is hair. And, yeah, I've got to, you know, the hairline's going. You know, it's, it's no secret. I'm just saying, like, I, I'm not trying to be self-conscious. I literally, I don't really have much of a ball spot back there. I'm sure it's coming, but so I'm not quite sure where Raphael, two years running, has found this picture that somewhere it exists. So if, if it exists, I will, t- you know, like if you could prove that I'm bald and I have a big old bald spot, I'm, I'm, I would take that. Like I just like when you say things about, you know, that I'm uh, not, not strong enough on the air. Or I need to, you know, talk more or whatever. Like I take it because it's true. So, this little, I just am confused about. A Pomeranian. <laughs> a Pomeranian. <laughs> Another one. Just a little we'll bite. Just a little. Just, just gonna. Yip, 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 yip. Yeah, that's, that's you getting big and tough and strong. Ari, I have a question for you, though. You slipped in that little line about, oh, the hairline, you know, the hairline's going a little bit. Like, don't you think that could be what Raphael is talking about here? Don't, no, don't he you think specif- that's what- Because he specified a big bald spot. And then even, the, I mean, again, I said the hairline. I'm actually saying that to kind of you know, be modest so that I'm not mm-hmm. just like, oh, I have all this beautiful, luscious hair. Um, no, that's yeah. me. Exactly, yeah. That's me. So I just, yeah. I'm not can, I, can I tell you, first of all, I think the bald spot's bigger than you realize. You don't Must be. realize your shortcomings until, like, you don't truly realize them looks-wise until you're on camera. I'm seeing that now <laughs> a lot on your view. I'm like, Jesus, God almighty, what am I doing? Um, you don't realize until you really look at pictures. I actually... I would love to talk to an expert on this. This is another one of my wacky theories. By the way, I threw out a theory last night that was almost like Joe Buck-esque, but not as bad. Remember the whole Donald Parham thing that was bizarro as he was suffering from a uh, you know head injury and concussion and his arms were locked up and shaking, and J- Joe Buck is like, it is cold here in L.A. Like, okay. Um, 
During the Rebel game last night, I, I don't know, I came up with this genius theory that because NFR was here, I still feel like there's some, like, residue that is kind of settled in from the ceiling and, like, almost uh, alleging that they never sweep the floor because I was seeing guys slip around and I blamed it on NFR. And then I got home and I was like, yeah, it was kind of stupid. Usually when we talk about something post-NFR, it ain't that. Right. Uh, it, it is the fact that you might be able to poison the other team yes. with the smell that the is still thing. left in the building for the like thing. a month. That's the part I don't get. How does it last so long? We come back after New Year's and it still smells like there are cows walking around the place. So my theory is, this is another one of my great theories. I think as you get older, like you almost visualize yourself not having faults. It's like this weird mental state. Like, I still kind of look like I used to. Hmm. Like, I'm not, I will tell you, most days in the mirror, I'm not, like, completely disturbed by the way I look. But then when I see pictures sometimes and I saw some of the TV shots last night, I'm like, what is that? Who is that? Oh, bro, when when I tell you about losing 60 pounds a while back, I had no idea that I had become a giant fat ass. I had yeah, no yeah. concept of this, that my pants wouldn't close. And I was still like, nope, doing all right there, buddy. Everything's fine. And yet, then I saw some pictures from a vacation on the beach, and I was like, oh, my God, someone called the animal welfare authorities. There is a whale on the sand. No, oh, oh, no, that's me. Oh, my God, that's me. That was my motivation. Sometimes you just don't see it. Ari... Is Ari is brimming with such self confidence that I don't Hmm. understand how he, you know, I don't understand how he misses this. Interesting, bro. Check it out. Take some pictures of yourself. Yeah, seriously. Not 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 that not that kind. Don't be creepy, but like or get someone to do it. Mateo takes Mateo's nice enough to take pictures of me down at Silver Sevens, and I get him. I'm like, this is a bad angle or something. I don't know what is happening here. I I, I'll just take this as the uh, this is the indicator. Now now I'm aware of what's going on 100. percent So. Now, now I can feel we old. We fixed like, the problem. Now I can feel old like every single person that I work with in the building. Now I've aged up and can be like everyone else. Well, good. We're glad we've brought you to reality or essentially ruined things for you. That's right. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. We get the money. Dollar, dollar bill, yo. It's Cofield and Company's Eye on Sports Betting with Brad Powers. I love talking to Brad each week, especially with what's going on right now. It ain't funny, and I don't want people to get seriously sick from COVID. We don't know the long-term effects, but it is wreaking havoc on the football world. And Brad Powers is a college football expert. He's a betting expert. You know, facts and knowledge and behind-the-scenes stuff is what you need to know about. But, Brad, right now, I mean, day-to-day here, this is crazy. We've got 300 positives over the last two weeks in the National Football League. And now your glorious sport, college football, is being affected by it with a cancellation with Texas A&M out of the Gator Bowl. Yeah, and I'm sure you're excited. You get to see your Rutgers Scarlet Knights play in arguably the biggest bowl game that they've ever played in, the Gator Bowl. So, uh, yeah, I mean, pretty unprecedented. I mean, considering when you consider that we played almost 900 college football games in the regular season, only one game was postponed, that being Cal-USC, and it was made up later, and all of a sudden now – we're dealing with COVID again like it's 2020. So, uh, <laughs> I, it's, 
look, I dealt with it a ton last year. You got to look at screens all the time. You got to be first to information. There's actually value if you're looking at the screens and staring at them 24 uh, 7. But, uh, it, you know, your guess is as good as mine on when they're when a lot of the news is going to, you know, hit. You just got to, you know, hit it before the books do, before the books adjust. On that Gator Bowl, uh, I don't see anything yet from William Hill. Is there a number posted elsewhere for Wake Forest and Rutgers? Yeah, Wake Forest a thirteen point favorite. Okay, uh, and that's about what I ex- <laughs> yeah. totally expected. I, I uh, pure power rating has I think like twelve or so, and the yeah. the fact that Rutgers probably hasn't been practicing or anything that's worth at least a point, if not more. So I mean, it, it, Rutgers is really up against it in this one. Yep. Uh, so. You know, I've been uh, patting you on the back a lot on air because I took your advice from, you know, the last couple of years. You've said it repeatedly. Hey, uh, try to find some dogs. And when you, you, know, you play some dogs in these bowl games, especially ones that are motivated against maybe unmotivated sides, definitely sprinkle some money on the money line. So I've been doing well. And then I'm, I'm reading your, your tweets. Like, what the hell is happening with you? Yeah, I think I, you know, I bet every bowl game, I think I'm like 4 and 10 or something like that. What, so how far, is this so possible? Unbelievably bad. Uh, I, you know, I just, I don't know. I mean, you could say, you know, short-term variance, but, I mean, it's it's not good. And, uh, you know, obviously, you know, today wasn't good either. I lost. I bet took North Texas. They lost. They took Come Central on. Florida. They just gave up a, a touchdown. It has not been a fun bowl season for me so far. I wasn't trying to put you on the spot. It really was. I, I was wondering. No, that's uh, okay. No, I like it. I, 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 I don't shy away from uh, results. I love the advice. And I've been super confident on some of the dogs, and I, I guess I got lucky in that I hit most of the dogs that actually hit straight up. Um, I am on Central Florida today, uh, so they're down. I took a money line. I took them plus the points, so we'll see how this works out. That is the Gasparilla Bowl. Now, another dog that I took a while ago at plus 255, and I was going to bet – uh, the number once the game got closer, but now it's a scary proposition. I may just have to back the hell out of this game. I thought Hawaii would actually be fired up, even though they're at home, but now we got a COVID issue, and I don't know that we're going to get in, uh, the real information from the Rainbow Warrior side. We could be talking about 20 positives on the Hawaii side, and all of a sudden the Memphis number in that game tomorrow has gone up to minus 9.5. Yeah, and I even see you know a couple 10s today showed. Uh, I- I'm on the Memphis side. I laid 4.5. I'm hoping that That's it a good comes number. through. I've been ahead of several big-time line moves so far this bowl season. Hasn't necessarily worked out for me. You know, I, not only did, is Hawaii this week dealing with COVID, but the reason I laid the, the points with Memphis, and this is going back to a couple weeks ago, I mean, when that report came out in the San Francisco gate about, uh, you know, Hawaii having some locker room issues, and when you got your starting quarterback and starting running back hitting the transfer portal right after the season, I mean, I just it took a flyer on Memphis just yeah. as is. But uh, we'll, we'll see how high the line goes. But, yeah, Hawaii, the last I read, you 15, 20 cases. So, I mean, they could be an extremely shorthanded team tomorrow. Uh, crazy deal, and we've been talking about this a lot in the Quick Lane Bowl. That's on Monday. It involves uh, Reno, Nevada, taking on Western Michigan. And the line essentially has shifted 12, 13, 14 points. If you got the good and, – and it's gone from Nevada as high as minus 6.5 to now Western Michigan 7, 6.5. If you bet Western Michigan early and you get this great plus number, do you have to play the middle? Oh, no, you don't have to. You oh, never have okay. to play the middle if you don't want to. I only play the middle if it's, you know, uh, you know, I've made a big enough bet to begin with that, that I want to do it, or 
I, uh, you know, it crosses through a number that I already had on the game. So, say, for instance, and I did bet Western Michigan plus seven. Say I made the line, you know, Western Michigan three with everything that's going on with Nevada, coach out, quarterback out, several players out. I mean, yeah, sure, if I made the line Western Michigan three, I would take back Nevada plus seven here. But, you know, I, I, I'm really concerned on what kind of Nevada team is going to show up, not only from a coaching staff, player perspective. And, and let's face it, if a team just isn't ready to play in a game, uh, you know, are they getting beat by seven or are they getting beat by 17 or more? So I, I still lean with Western Michigan even after a two-touchdown line move. Yeah, I grabbed the middle, but now that I'm thinking about it more and more, it is crazy on the Reno side. You mentioned Carson Strong is gone, but they also lost, if I'm correct, it's six receivers, yep. including the tight end. Their best receiver and the tight end are going to the NFL. Two of the receivers followed Norvell to Colorado State. Two more of the receivers followed one of their old coaches and are at San Jose State. Like, at that point, you're like, I mean, you talk about, we mentioned cluster injuries, six receivers? Yeah, so, I mean, a position group like that, I mean, that's worth several points. So, I mean, individually, even though they, I mean, they have a good uh, receiver group. So, I mean, they might have a couple players worth a half point, but, I mean, when you add it all together, I mean, that's worth three points or so, just one position group being compromised. I'd say back the under. Uh, but that's also moved 10 points at this point. Holy so, cow. Uh, yeah, I mean, you, you had time. I'll say that. I mean, even if you didn't get plus seven, you still had plenty of time to get Western Michigan with a plus sign uh, beside it. That's why you bet early in a lot of these games. All right, we got COVID stories emerging with Alabama with two of the coaches. What is it, O'Brien and uh, Marone testing positive. We got some Georgia players, including the backup quarterback, who maybe should be the starting quarterback, and JT Daniels, one of the receivers on the men, but he's a you know a high-level guy. So what are you thinking right now, Georgia, Michigan, and Cincinnati, Alabama? Uh, I haven't adjusted anything. I haven't ran to the window to bet anything. We did see the market move a little bit on Michigan, about a point or so uh, with the news with Georgia. It's too early. Uh, I mean, you know, wink, wink, hint, hint. I, you know, SEC getting you know a lot of the tests maybe out of the way the week mm-hmm. before, probably mm-hmm. smart on their yep. behalf so they don't get anything you know surprising during game week. Non-factor, at least for me, as of right now in the market. The market didn't even move at all in the Cincinnati-Alabama game. Right. I hate to be cynical, but I would say across the board with all, all four schools, uh, as they're talking to players, I'm, I'm, I just envision, like, anyone have symptoms? No? Okay, we're good. Like, yeah. I, I mean, I, it's, it's not the right thing to do. You know, in terms of safety, but I can't imagine any players, unless they're deathly ill, are going to say, like, hey, I'm, I'm feeling something. Totally agree with that. Yeah. I mean, some of that's tongue-in-cheek, but, I mean, at this point, uh, I could tell you if I'm back in college, I, I wouldn't admit it. I just know how I'd be at that age. Right. And uh, and then the threat goes out yesterday by, I, I mean, I guess by the CFP bosses saying, hey, you know, if we can't reschedule a game that has to be moved, it's a forfeit. I mean, that just throws a whole other wrench into it. Um, I mean, I can't imagine them ever forfeiting a game, and I would think they would move it, but who the hell knows at this point. So, NFL game tonight, what are you thinking? We got the Niners against the Titans. Titans, you know, still kind of in a holding pattern, make the playoffs and hope that Derrick Henry is back. So, what do we do with this game? I, you know, I'm going to take the hook with the home dog, Tennessee, plus three and a half. I, I get it that the 49ers are red hot, but this is kind of a – uh, you know, a role where Kyle Shanahan and company have, you know, come up short. Uh, just when you think it's the buy signs on for them, they haven't been a great favorite. No, that is more on them as a home favorite than a road favorite. But I think it's kind of a buy low, sell high spot. Uh, I know the Titans this year in the underdog role, I mean, they pulled five outright. Forget the spread, five outright upsets for Tennessee. So I'll take Tennessee plus three and a half. Brad, 
We appreciate you coming on. You're always there for us. Have a good holiday. We'll see you. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Thanks for having me on. There he is, Brad Powers, at Brad Powers Sports. Check that, bradpowersports.com, at Brad Powers 7. Am I being irresponsible with my allegation, Candy, that the final four teams are like, eh, you know, let's be careful, but let's not be too careful, fellas. I don't know that your allegations of, uh, of impropriety are, are mis- misplaced. Let's put it that right, way. That's, right. that's the most lawyerly way I can say that. Yeah, I mean, if, if someone's really sick, and I don't want to see a whole team get freaking COVID because, uh, you know, people aren't doing what they're supposed to do. But I, I actually think that the, what the CFP said yesterday about forfeits and, you know, a forfeit champion uh, could be counterproductive. I think within those programs, they're going to make sure that, you know, nothing is out there, that, you know, that they've got 20 folks who are positive. Now, in Hawaii, it's different, right? I mean, as a state, Hawaii is freaking hardcore on COVID safety. It's also a Hawaii team that, you know, is not playing for a national championship. By the way, what a freaking bummer for the whole, the Hawaii program because, uh, I mean, I, I, they're trying to get off the deck from some of these allegations. And as Brad said, the moves of player, I mean, their quarterback just left. I mean, he's just like – and then stories come out that Todd Graham is not fun to play for. You, you figure that the rest of the players and Graham are like, all right, you know what, let's show them. Max effort. Let's play a good bowl game. And now they're getting crushed by COVID positives. I mean, they're – they're not unique, man. You know what I mean? Like, I feel as badly for them as I feel for any other program in the country that's dealing with it, for any NFL team that's dealing with it. it, it everyone is in the same boat here on December 23rd, and it's a terrible boat. It's leaking. It is about to capsize, but we're all stuck in the same damn thing. How do you bet on bowl games? How do you bet on the NFL? I mean, you can bet now on San Francisco and Tennessee because – you know who's playing and who's not but my god when it comes to this weekend i can't tell anybody because of the covid situation to bet on anything before the inactives come out you know earlier you mentioned denver as a team that may be a quarterback away from winning the niners are one of those teams too right they're in a weird spot right now they just spent a high pick on trey lance garoppolo has held on to the job actually fortified his position i don't know what they're going to do moving forward keep in mind the Niners had the first chance at Tom Brady. That's what Brady said. They had the first chance, and they passed on him. Do they go into this offseason, you know, not winning a Super Bowl and go, you know what, maybe it is time to make the bold move this time around and not screw around with some sort of building effort, and Trey Lance can sit on the bench for a couple more years? No, I think that this is exactly what the 49ers want. Uh, this is perfect for Jimmy G's trade value because Jimmy Garoppolo has been injured. He's been poor. And you know what he's been the last few weeks? One of the best quarterbacks in football. And this is exactly what San Francisco gets. They get a chance to go make a playoff run and then a chance to sell Jimmy G's contract at its absolute peak of value and get Trey Lance in there. They're in a great spot. But do they trust Trey Lance? Do any of these teams trust their rookie quarterbacks beyond Bill Belichick and the cocoon he's put around Mac Jones? Because there hasn't been a lot of good performance thus far, man. There really hasn't. Mac Jones has a PFF grade above 80, and he is the only one of the rookie quarterbacks from this supposedly historic class that's been any good. Are you out on all of them aside from Mac Jones? No, definitely not. Because how do you evaluate Trevor Lawrence in the crap show down in Jacksonville? How do you evaluate Justin Fields in what is this ridiculous Chicago situation? But uh, but your boy Zach Wilson? Yeah.
I was wait I was waiting for that. Where are the encouraging words there? Sorry, bud. I, I just on. had to let I had to let you down easy. Well. That was rough. Felt like Festivus for a second there. <laughs> Stark reality. Thanks to Silver Sevens. Come on down here throughout the weekend. Great place to hang out. Watch the football game tonight. 77 cent beers right after kickoff.